Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United and football. I'm your host Matthew and this is going to be the bonus episode that I discussed on Sunday of course after Manchester United's 2-0 defeat away to West Ham on Sunday afternoon or whenever, yeah Sunday afternoon. Um, I want to go through and really talk about this football club and talk about the good and the bad, but mainly talk about, okay, why why currently are Manchester United sit- sitting 8th in the Premier League table with 8 points, funnily enough, uh, same amount of points. Um, there's a lot of teams around us that have a close amount of points that if we continue to perform poorly... And those other teams continue to, well, even perform a little bit, even get draws or wins or whatever. They will push above us in the Premier League. Uh, so currently, yeah, we've got eight points. And the teams below us that also have eight points, you've got Burnley. They're sitting ninth and they've got eight points as well. Uh, Sheffield United have got eight points and they're sitting at tenth. Chelsea, who, of course, we beat at the start of the season. I do want to go back to that game as well because I have some some comparisons to make in terms of that game as well and the current performance or lack thereof of Manchester United. So yeah, 11th is Chelsea. They're on 8 points. And then Crystal Palace are uh, 12th, of course, who we lost to at home, are also on 8 points and they're sitting 12th. Uh, Then, of course, 7 points isn't that far off as well. Uh, And the two teams who've got 7 points is Southampton at 13th, rather, who've got 7 points, who, of course, we drew away to. And Everton, who we haven't played yet this season, are currently 14th for 7 points. So just to give you a rough idea, uh, and then the two teams I want to point out above us, uh, Tottenham, who are 7th, because of course we're 8th, Tottenham, who are 7th with 8 points, and they're only ahead of us on 2 goal difference. We've got 2 for goal difference, and they've got 4, and Bournemouth uh, have got 10 points, and they've got 1 goal difference, but they've got 2 more points, obviously. So we're still at that early point in the season where, you know, there's been six games played from, I think everybody's played six games. Yeah, everybody has. And, uh, you know, we could jump up the table a fair bit. You know, if we win, we get uh, 9, 10, 11, we get 11 points. We could be looking at fourth, uh, fifth, fourth or third, depending on how teams like West Ham, Arsenal and Leicester continue to to perform. Of course, above those, uh, because Leicester have got 11 points. Uh, and then Arsenal and West Ham have also got 11 points. So that's, so that's third, fourth and fifth. And then sixth goes down to Bournemouth, who I've already mentioned. Uh, so I'm just mentioning the teams that are around Manchester United and the points differences at the moment. Um, and then, of course, above Leicester is Manchester, Manchester City with uh, 13 points. And then Liverpool a bit far out in front with 18 points as well. So, yeah, if we win another game and teams like... Because obviously if... If uh, I mean, we've got Arsenal next in the Premier League, so that's going to be very, very interesting uh, to see what happens with that result. Because obviously that's a, that's a huge, huge game for Manchester United uh, very early on in the season. Um, I would call that our first majorly big game since Chelsea. Uh, like, we didn't expect West Ham or Palace or Southampton or Wolves to be big games necessarily, but we struggled in all those games. Of course, we did manage to, to defeat Leicester, which was good. Uh, seeing as they're above us, although they're above us now anyway, so whatever. Um, yeah, so yeah, we 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 could jump up the table a little bit if we continued to win or started again winning uh, certain games. Can't continue to win if you've uh, recently lost your last match. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's the rough look at the league table and the teams around us. Uh, there's no point reading like twentieth, nineteenth, eighteenth, or whatever. So because we're not we're not that far down yet. Of course, I I really 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 doubt Manchester United will be relegated this season. I, I find that very very hard to believe. Um, because I do think the players will perform at some point. It just depends when. So that's your look at the league table and Manchester United's performance so far this season, basically. Uh, and in terms of it's got the. Uh, I don't think this is correct, actually. Uh, although it might be. Because it's got... On the um, last five, it's got uh, like a green tick if you've won. A red X if you've uh, lost. And it's got a little white dash, I think, if you've drawn. But for Man United, it shows red. And then a tick. And then a line. And then a cross. And then a line. But we lost our last match. So, unless that's the other... That must be the other way around. Because, yeah, we beat Leicester beforehand. Um, so, there's three... C- big contributing factors for me when it comes to this team you've got the players who are the only ones that can actually score and make a difference you've got the manager of course who picks the team and l- says i want this player and then maybe it does or doesn't go for them of course you've got people like uh, ed woodward who are involved in the club and you've got obviously the glaziers the board who really are in charge of everything apart from the team selection that is down to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the moment uh, we'll see if he stays in his job this is of course not guaranteed to be safe or whatever I don't think at the moment that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to be sacked I think that if we did perhaps end up like let's say we, we, we performed really badly in because September's basically finished because uh, our next game is uh, on Monday. I think it's going to be the last game for September. Let me just bring up the calendar. Yeah, it's on It's on the 30th. But September's basically done. If we continued to perform badly in uh, October, November and December. And ended up, let's say, 12th, 13th. Let's say we really did play quite badly. And we won only a handful of games. Of course, that's irrelevant in terms of... Uh, like our league position is irrelevant in terms of the Rochdale match and the uh, Europa League because of course those don't affect those competitions. I mean, if he if he loses to Rochdale, gets knocked out of that, and then loses like the rest or draws or doesn't get past the group stage for the Europa League, of course that will that will add up to whether or not he's going to be in the job. But in terms of our league position, that has no effect on that, of course. Um, I I think the only way Ole the, the earliest Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could be sacked is if he does continue to perform badly, maybe gets knocked out of the Carabao Cup, because uh, the I don't think the FA Cup usually starts until January, if I'm if I'm correct. Um, of course, we'll, we will have finished, I think, probably the Europa League uh, group stage match. We've got five games left um, between now and the end of the year. So let's say let's say we get knocked out of the Carabao Cup, whether it's through Rochdale or, or the next match after that. Uh, of course, we don't know who that's going to be against. Um, let's say we get knocked out of the Carabao Cup, we slide down to like 13th, 14th maybe-ish, which isn't that far along, uh, away from 8th. And considering the table that I just read out, where you've got several teams on either the same, point, same points as us, or 7 points who could push past us if they won a couple of games, or even just one game. If we lose to Arsenal, and then some of those other teams win, we will already go down to like 10th, 11th, what have you, depends on goal difference and all that sort of stuff, how, how those matches go. Um, but yeah, that could happen as well. And then let's say we get, yeah, we get, we get knocked out of the Carabao Cup, we get knocked out of the Europa League, and we end up, let's say 13th to 14th. I think then possibly Ole Gunnar Solskjaer gets sacked, uh, in, let's just say in December. It doesn't have to be at Christmas, uh, by Christmas, by December. I think that's the earliest possibility. 
Uh, I do think well, we should be winning games in between now and then in, in the league and in some other competitions. Uh, of course, in, in the Europa League, we've got more than one chance to get through because you can lose a game or two in the Europa League uh, group stage and still get through if you win the other games or draw or what have you, depending on the other teams. Carabao Cup, of course, if we lose one match, we're out. Uh, and unless you get to, I think it's the semi-final, the quarter-final, where they do have uh, the two matches, um, but not in the earlier stages of the of the competition. So if that happens, I do think that he could go by December-ish. If that happens, uh, I think if he stays in one of the two cups, so if in, uh, not I shouldn't say he, if Manchester United stay in one of the two cups, uh, either the Carabao Cup or the Europa League, or if you qualify for the for the uh, knockout stages of the Europa League. I think he'll be fine. Of course, the because you've really got the three factors to to take, three things to take into consideration there. Where what's our league position going to be by by December? Are we going to be in the Carabao Cup, out the Carabao Cup, um, and are we going to be in or out of the Europa League? Are we going to be in the? Because uh, of course, with the Champions League, uh, if I remember correctly, if you finish third, then you go through to the Europa League in the the knockout rounds. But of course there isn't, we can't do that because we're in the Europa League and not the Champions League. So we just simply get knocked out, I think. Um, so yeah, those are the things to take into consideration in terms of what's what's the soonest that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could be sacked. Me, myself, I did, there is a, of course some things I want to talk about with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer specifically. I do think he's the right manager for Man United currently. I don't think, obviously he does lack some experience. And I did think of a few managers, a few people today who could potentially be... Uh, Manchester United manager, but I'll get onto those in a minute. There's one particular guy who I think is going to be very uh, suitable, uh, perhaps. Um, but we'll get onto that in a minute. It's it's very very clear right now that in terms, I mean, in terms of the team that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's got is not really good enough to compete. There's good players in there, but in terms of the whole squad and the bench and what we've got, because we're quite thin on players. Really, because, you know, we've let a lot of people go, a lot of players go, and we simply haven't replaced them. You think of... Because if I think of this summer's transfer window, technically, we... um, I mean, see, Sanchez and Smalling are actually on loan, so they could come back to us. Well, they will, in a way, come back to us uh, next summer, because that's how the one-year loan deal works. Unless there's going to be a permanent deal agreed before then, like a pre-permanent... a pre deal uh, agreed before that um, but in terms of the players that I actually think we did technically replace Valencia left I believe for free I don't know where he ended up actually going we did get one Basaka in whether that was I mean you know Valencia left and we obviously knew we needed a right back because we couldn't be playing Ashley Young week in week out at right back he wasn't the future of Man United he isn't the future of Man United he's playing actually okay at the moment but in terms of the future of this club it is Aaron Wan-Bissaka and that was a good deal to be done uh, Alexis Sanchez, if you think about him, I know he's, again, he's out on loan, but technically, Daniel James is his replacement, although James came in, obviously, before, uh, well, came in and started playing, I think, because he was playing in the, um, in the, uh, pre, pre-season matches, but Sanchez is technically gone, and Daniel James, if you think about it, is the replacement for him. The other player, if you want to, if you want to go down the same road, Chris Smalling, obviously, is no longer at the club, again on loan, so that he could come back to the team. Harry Maguire being brought in is obviously technically a replacement for him. But in terms of all the other players we got rid of, uh, so if you look at uh, Damian, he hasn't technically been replaced. I know we do have 
the numbers technically at left back because we can play we can play people like Fossi Mensa and Delo at left back but we've, but we've also of course got Shaw and um Ashley Young so you do have two people there because uh, for full backs technically we've got Delo Wambasaka Young Shaw and uh, Fossi Mensa so you've got five so in terms of letting Damian go because I mean if you if you've got five or six players in one position Sorry, if you've if you've got seven players in one position and you let one of them go, and you have five or six left or whatever, if you've got that amount of players, you don't technically need to replace that player. So that's you know us not getting in a left back. Yeah, I guess again you could say one Basaka is kind of the replacement in that way, but one one player can't replace two in that way. Numbers wise, that just doesn't work. Um, so you have that as well, obviously, and Herrera was a big one. We haven't replaced him. Um, I know McTominay's been pushed more through to the team, but he was already at Manchester United, so you don't have that. Uh, or You have him there, but that that's not a replacement. That's just somebody who was a bit more on the sidelines, who was still in the first team. He wasn't in the youth or the reserves or anything, and has come through to the team because there was space there and he was able to fill it, basically. I actually don't think that... Let's say we had managed to get Bruno Fernandes and Ndidi. Just two random examples of players we were linked with. Linked with. Um, I don't think McTominay would be in that first team. I think it would probably be... Depending on if Paul Pogba left or not. Um, in in like this hypothetical situation. Um, you technically would have like kept McTominay where he was. Like a bit more of a... Like on the bench or whatever. Um, and then you would have put those two new players in there but that didn't happen so then, therefore McTominay's got pushed through, through more to the team um, so yeah in terms of the team that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's got he hasn't got the team that he wants there was players we were linked with and we were trying to go for in the in the summer and we simply didn't get we got rid of some of the Deadwood but some of them of course we uh, let out on loan I believe Darmian was actually a permanent deal because there was the 1.5 with ridiculously low fee of uh, the 1.5 million fee for him um, but I do think that was a permanent deal, not a loan deal. So that doesn't follow the same thing as Smalling and Sanchez. So, yeah, in terms of going back to the main topic of this podcast, of course, I've had to go through the team a little bit there. Um, he hasn't got the team that he wants. So, or, or the team that, not just the team that he wants, but the team that he really needs. That's not, the team that we got at the moment isn't the team that Manchester United need. We need more players, uh, which, of course, leads to the board, which I'll get onto in a bit. Um, but... Yeah, he hasn't got those players, and it's, I mean, you know, when the summer started, and obviously he's probably written down, you know, I want to go for this player or that player, he hasn't got them, so he can't select them for the team, so as soon as that window shut, the transfer window shut, he has to use this team because he's got no other choice, unless he puts, the only other thing he can do is get any potential free agents, so people like uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, which, by the way, he's 38 years old, so he hasn't really got you know, a future at Manchester United. Uh, and any of the, I believe that you're allowed to promote the under the the, the youth academy, the, the under 23s. You're allowed to promote them forward. Uh, that's where the likes of uh, Gomez, Chong, and uh, I believe Greenwood has come in as well. Because if if the, for those of you that don't know, Greenwood's 17 years old, so that's a, that's a lot of pressure for somebody who's who's you know quite young. Considering you know Martial, Martial's out injured, Rashford's out injured. Let's say Greenwood comes back tomorrow for the Rochdale match and he's still only the, the only one available for Monday's Arsenal match he'll be in Manchester United's front line uh, at 17 years old in, in some big matches with, with Arsenal and stuff so um, 
Yeah, so I, I, I do think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is at, at the moment the right person to lead Manchester United. Uh, of the people available, of course we can't go and get Klopp and Guardiola and what, whatever. And there's been some interesting discussion I've heard about that as well, which is, let's let's say in a, in a hypothetical situation, Klopp says, okay, I'm going to join Manchester United in January, or I'm going to take over from Manchester United. Could Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola, of course the two big managers of the two big teams in uh, Premier League at the moment, I don't think you can really do the same thing that Manchester City or those two people, those two managers are doing with Manchester City and Liverpool with this Manchester United team. We just haven't got that consistency. So, I mean, you can, a lot of people like, hey, get Ollie out, he's not the right man for the club. But, I mean, because those really go hand in hand, the players and the manager, because if he hasn't got simply the people he wants to pick, the same way if, you know, if we brought in Pep Guardiola in a hypothetical situation or Jurgen Klopp, he can't play. Raheem Sterling on the left, or, um, you know, Salah can't play on the right, and Aguero can't play up front because those are not in our team, so they won't be able to do the same thing with with the club. And regardless of the players, the, we're just not playing that same type of football. They're just mentality just isn't there at the moment. So, um, yeah, in terms of the players, I mean, I could go on about, um, you know, the players that shouldn't be at Manchester United, and that's what I, I've voiced them in the, in the recent weeks. Uh, I think people like Matic... Matter. I actually think Young's doing okay at the moment, considering he considering that he is considered as dead wood for Manchester United at the moment by various different fans. With Luke Shaw being injured and him coming in, he's not really done too much badly. I mean, everyone in this squad at the moment is making mistakes. Even the likes of you know De Gea, Maguire, and some of our bigger players. Of course, uh, Martial's not played for a few weeks, so you can't say that he's made mistakes in recent weeks because he's not been in there. But so all of our players have pretty much been making mistakes because that's just the kind of bad mentality that's there at the moment. Um, but yeah, you, you can't just say, "Hey, get, get, you know, look at what Pep's doing with uh, with Man City, and look at what Jurgen Klopp's doing with Liverpool." Just not the same man mentality. It's not the same squad. You can't just go in and do the same thing because um, that Manchester United team wouldn't be. Uh, was it uh, who did they play against Norwich? I think it was. Who did Man City beat eight nil the uh, the weekend? That that same result wouldn't happen. We would we beat that terrible defense? Maybe probably because it was a very very bad defense. But would we do it by eight goals to nil? I'm not really sure. So uh, at least I don't think so at the moment. I mean, if you uh, if if you think I'm sort of putting Manchester United down too much and sort of talking talking too much about our rivals, go and look at the eight nil highlights of that match and then go and look at well any of the last what four or five games the Premier League games of course that we've struggled in for Manchester United and tell me that Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola or more specifically Pep obviously because that's, that's the Man City highlights try and tell me that Pep could could do that with this Manchester United team it just it just wouldn't happen so uh yeah and I mean that's not going to happen anyway because why would they leave uh Liverpool or Manchester City I, I heard some stupid rumors the other day about like oh Klopp might want to go in a year, why would he want to leave Liverpool? Look at how well they're doing. They just won the Champions League and they came second by missing by a point in uh, in the Premier League last year. But they're playing incredible. Both of them are playing incredible football right now. So uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, in terms of players, obviously there's people like Matic, Mata, Young. There's Lingard, who I really don't think is very good. And there's a lot of chat about him potentially playing up front 
against um, Rochdale and against Arsenal. I mean, you could maybe get away with that against Rochdale. I don't think you get away with that against Arsenal. So, um, I mean, Arsenal's defence is shaky, um, but that doesn't mean our attack is necessarily good enough to to beat them. We'll, we'll see, obviously, what happens on Monday night. But um, yeah, th- those those are the sorts of players I would get rid of at the moment. Um, a lot of people are talking about Pereira uh, leaving the club because they don't think he's good enough. I think there's something there with Pereira. I mean, he can put in some good crosses and stuff like that, and that that's the thing at the moment. We've been playing Pereira on the right and James on the left. And they've both been putting in good crosses, but who's been up front in the last couple of weeks to put them away, or to not put them away? Marcus Rashford. Would uh, the likes of... I mean, a lot of people have been saying as well, Would you know if we hadn't got rid of Lukaku, would he have gotten the end of some of those crosses? Maybe. Maybe he would have, but he needed to go, so... Um, I mean, Martial's the you know our number nine at the moment, uh, who's injured, but he probably would have put some of those chances away. There were some really good chances that Rashford had against uh, Astana, which he simply just failed to put away into the back of the net. Uh, would, would Greenwood have finished off those chances? Maybe. Would Lingard have finished off those chances? I doubt it. Would Martial have finished off those chances? I, f- I think so. So, yeah, I, I think in terms of our number nine and stuff at the moment... Um, it's it's got to be. I I would put Greenwood on the bench and bring him on as a late impact sub. I would put Rashford out on the wing, uh, probably on the right. Although that doesn't sound right because again we have a a right wing problem uh, at the moment. Um, but yeah, Rashford's not not the. I mean he we've played him there because he's been the only option. But that's just it's just not it's not going to work out that way as well. And I was very confused by the team selection with. Uh, against Astana when we had Rashford in essentially the number 9 slot and then had Greenwood out on the right wing. I don't really understand that. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm I'm kind of talking gen- generally about the club at the moment and just the just the things that are wrong and the things that are, are going on at the moment. So, um, yeah, you've got, again, you've got a manager who wants to obviously do better. Every, I'm, I'm sure everyone at this club wants the team to be doing better. But uh, Gunnar Solskjaer, whatever you think of him, uh, whether you want him sacked or whether you want him to stay, I want him to stay personally because I I want to see Gunnar Solskjaer perform with the team he wants and the team that he needs because that would be, I I feel it would be a very different Manchester United team. Uh, I mean, the defence for the most part is there. Like, I think Shaw's maybe the weak link. Uh, There's some questions about Lindelof, but in terms of De Gea, Maguire and uh, Wan-Bissaka, I think they're definitely the future of Manchester United. Uh, it's that midfield too that we got to get sorted out. Pogba's probably got to go. Um, and yeah, we we kind of need a new pairing in midfield to be honest. Because even though McTominay's been playing, I, I think McTominay's been playing because he's been one of the options. And one of the more, admittedly one of the more logical options at the moment. Because Matic just simply isn't up for it. Because um, who did we, didn't we play Matic alongside McTominay against um, West Ham? I believe that was the team that we played. Uh, I mean, Gomez, could you put him in there with someone new? And, uh, like, if you if you bring in someone new and experienced and you play him alongside Gomez, I'm not sure if that's Gomez's position, but I'm just suggesting things for the team. If you put Gomez alongside somebody who he can learn, uh, learn against or le- learn off of, rather, or whatever, that could push Gomez to be, you know, more of a future player. I saw Gomez obviously play against Astana, and I, I was fairly impressed with him. Granted, he's got time on his side, he's got things to learn. Um, but I think Scott McTominay, McTominay's got things to learn as well. So Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, 
just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Gualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier. That gets you access to ad-free podcasts. And allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Yeah, again, in terms of left winger, we've got like four or five different players that we can put there. So I think in terms of left wingers, we don't need a new one. Right wing is really a big problem for us as well. I don't think Jesse Lingard's the future. I don't think Pereira's that. I don't think that's his natural position at the moment, uh, or if it will ever be, we'll, we'll wait and see. Obviously, but uh, again, a lot of fans seem to want him out of the club, and I don't quite understand that. But that's just the the sentiment at the moment. Um, I, I don't know if he's got a place at Manchester United. Again, I think he's been playing there because he's been the option. I think that's really something that has limited Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in these last few weeks. Is like, okay, sure, we've had a bunch of injuries and, and whatnot. And he has been very limited in his team selection because that's just the state of the the squad that we've got at the moment. It, it is very limited. And one of those reasons, again, is because, yes, we've got rid of the Deadwood, so to speak, Sanchez, Dami and Lukaku, etc., but we didn't bring in, regardless of quality of a player, you need numbers in the team. Whether or not those players are as good as the players that they're replacing is a different matter entirely. And of course that does actually matter. But um, in terms of numbers of players of in the squad, that's really what we've had reduced. Um, and as a result, kind of the quality as well. Because, you know, Pereira was a great player and... Um, and uh, all the other players, of course, we've let go have been fairly decent or whatever. But the, the main big player, of course, was Herrera that we let go. I, I thought Valencia was really, really good as well, but uh, he didn't seem to, to have a future at Manchester United, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, of course, I want to talk about the last element as well, which is the board and the glazes, which, to me, going back to the actual main theme of this podcast, because I have drifted away a little bit from it, what is the problem at Manchester United? You can you can pick out different players, you can pick out the, the mistakes that the manager has made. Sure, there's problems on both sides, but again, I do think that's to do, to do with the actual team that he's got at his disposal, because he can't pick the players that he hasn't got in the team. He can't pick Bruno Fernandes, he can't pick Ndidi, he can't pick Christian Eriksen, because they're not Manchester United players. Um, in terms of the board, of course, they're kind of in control of or they are in control of, you know, if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer goes to them and says, or, or Edward Wood, or whoever it is that's in, actually in charge of the transfers, because it's kind of hard to tell sometimes, because, I mean, you, as in the way I'm assuming, because apparently we don't have a director of football at the moment, which is which is weird to think about, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could go over to uh, Edward Wood and say, hey, I want to buy this Bruno Fernandes, that, uh, whoever, I think it's Sporting Lisbon he plays for, um, I think it's Sporting Lisbon, 
they might say, okay, we want seventy million pounds for Bruno Fernandez, and then. Uh, you know, he goes to Ed Woodward, and they maybe speak to the Glaziers about it. And I assume, I assume those three talk to each other. The board, the Glaziers, Ed Woodward, of course, on the board and everything, and uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who obviously has his players in mind to pick. I, I'm sure that that's the you know he says, hey, I, I want to, I have interest in this player, or the, or the scouts have maybe obviously are in the conversation as well. Um, and he says, hey, I want Bruno Fernandez. He speaks to Ed Woodward, and they, and they, all, the three of them all speak each other i'm assuming i mean if that's not happening then there's obviously a breakdown in communication and stuff but uh if the board then says hey no you can only spend 60 million or or uh 55 million whatever the case may be and sporting lisbon simply say hey no we want 70 million for this player um and the glaziers being the, the greedy uh people that they are simply say to manchester united you know, we're not going to let you spend that money, then it's just not going to happen. So I think that that was obviously a big contributor this summer as well, was how much money were the Glazers actually willing to spend? Granted, we made a world record signing with, or club record signing, sorry, with Harry Maguire with the 80 million. That's great, but we need to do that a few more times. Uh, Not break records, obviously, with transfers, but make some big transfers as well. The other thing, of course, is, you know, you've got your cheaper players like Daniel James, 15 million. He scored, what, three or four goals already for Manchester United. He's played really well as as far as I'm concerned. And we need, as much as you can bring in the likes of Bruno Fernandes and Christian Eriks and all these big players, you still need your prospect, or, or the, you say prospect, he's been, he's been playing uh, first-team football for, what, the last five, six weeks or whatever, or five or six matches or whatever. Uh, you bring him in. He's he's 15 million. He's 21. He's uh, he's got shining potential and all that sort of stuff. He's already kind of starting to fill that. And granted, he's got time on his side and stuff. But we need to make more of those signings as well. You don't have to spend you know 70, 80, 90 million on every, on every player that you bring in. But um, yeah, it's it's just down to like you know the Glazers brought us on debt. And they haven't paid that, that off that debt yet. And uh, fans would happily love them to sell the club. And to, to bring in new investors. And to bring money into the team. And to spend some money and all that sort of stuff. But the Glazers have all the say on that. And they just really have been holding this club back for, for far too long. So um, yeah it's it, it's really a shame. And it's really. I am actually quite nervous for this season. So, yeah, so, yeah, I'm quite nervous for this season. But. To bring it back to the main topic, what is the big problem at Manchester United? I don't necessarily think it's all of the players. I don't necessarily think it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's kind of clearly obvious to me the answer to the question of this podcast is the Glazers. You know, if we, if we brought if new owners came in and they had money, and I'm not saying you have to splash out 500 million, 600, 800 million. Well, you could do that. That would help, obviously, to bring in big players, but. Um, the Glazers aren't selling the club at least at the moment unless there's something else being planned and they're not willing to spend the money necessarily to uh, rebuild the team uh, necessarily so um, I mean yeah sure we brought in uh, Daniel James 15 million Maguire 50 million and uh, sorry one uh, Saka 15 million and then Maguire 80 million there is money being spent there but we also got rid of a lot of dead wood that we needed to replace and to spend the money to replace that dead wood and we didn't do it. Um, I mean, I, I, I've kind of been asking as well, like, we, we sold Lukaku on, it was either the night before deadline day or on deadline day, I'm not sure exactly when uh, the boxes got ticked, but uh, let's just say it was on deadline day. We got £70 million for him. I, w- I would be quite disappointed if we didn't buy at least one or two players 
uh, with that 70 million in January. And I know a lot of people said uh, on different podcasts and different things that I followed that, you know, not necessarily a lot happens with January. But surely, surely, hopefully, that money just doesn't go into the Glazier's back pocket. Because that's money that, yet again, you know, uh, Lukaku was seen as dead wood. But he's a space in the team, in the team's depth that is now gone. And we haven't replaced him. And granted, we got rid of him on deadline day. We should have done it beforehand. Um, and we simply ran out of time. Uh, I mean, let, let's say that happened a week before or two weeks before. Would Manchester United have actually spent that money to bring somebody in? Was there somebody queued up ready to go? Was uh, Edward were talking to somebody? Was the Glazers talking to somebody? Um, did Ole Gunnar Solskjaer have someone in mind? I'm sure he, I'm sure he did um, have someone in mind who he wanted to. Because obviously he's very, very likely, and I would hope that it's true, that obviously he's got his players in mind that he wants to bring in, because this he wants to obviously make this his Manchester United team, and it, it, it simply isn't that at the moment, so um, yeah, so that's the, that's the three elements I kind of wanted to talk about, I know I was a little bit all over the place, but there's just, there's just so many different elements at play, but to answer the main question again of the podcast, what is the problem at Manchester United, it is fundamentally the Glazers, because I'm sure I'm very sure that if you know, rich people came in and brought the club and uh, spent some money and invested in the team. You'd obviously see some change. You, 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 I would almost guarantee you would see some change if you got rid of more of the Deadwood players and brought in new players because these new hypothetical owners would have the money to do that. I'm sure that there would be change. So, uh, And then, like I said, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could then say to these hypothetical new owners... Uh, you know, I want this player and that player, and not go necessarily crazy and spend like a billion, a billion pounds or whatever. But um, just, to, just to bring in someone, you know, because um, if yeah, if you look at that team, uh, I mean, strikers. We've got we got three strikers at the moment, three out and out strikers. We've got Martial, who is our, our number nine, the main man up front, who needs to be playing as much as possible. He's injured. You've got Marcus Rashford, who I don't anymore think. Because um, I remember in one of the earlier podcasts when I said about rebuilding, like temporarily rebuilding the team, that I would like Rashford up front. I'm going to officially take that back and say, I mean, we've seen it in recent weeks. He's not an out-and-out number nine. And I think he's either a winger or an impact sub at the end of the game but I also think that uh, Mason Greenwood is an impact sub at the end of the game I think that we should be treating if you guys remember uh, Javier Hernandez which god I wish we had him right now because uh, he would be great up front I know he's like 30 or 31 but I, I, I never saw really Hernandez put much of a foot wrong I know he had that one particular season where he didn't score so much but you know Van Persie was there Rooney was there and there just wasn't a lot of competition uh, I mean there was too much competition rather um, in the team but you look at it now, you know, Van Persie's not there, Hernandez isn't there, Rooney's not there, Berbatov's not there. Uh, we've got we got no sort of Van Nistelrooy type player or whatever, uh, or we, we've only got one of those, I suppose. Um, yeah, so yeah, uh, Martial, number nine, main main man up front, the uh, the target man, if you will, if you call him that. Greenwood, I think, should be used the same as Hernandez, you know, when you get to 70 minutes, not 80 or 82 minutes, because that's also a thing, I think, I... A thing that I think Solskjaer's doing wrong is he's bringing people on too late as well. Um, you bring on Mason Greenwood for... Not necessarily for Martial, like if he's playing really well or whatever. You bring him off for maybe for Rashford or for Gomez or for whoever else is playing in the in the, the, the three other attacking positions. Uh, winger, number 10 and number and um, right wing. Um, you, you bring on Mason, Mason Greenwood at the, the 70th minute, give him a good 20 minutes, week in, week out, and then you start him maybe, 
in you know Carabao Cup games against against Rochdale and against Astana and teams like that. That's the sort of thing you want to do with a player like that. Um, but it doesn't leave us with another option. You know, if you put if you put Martial up front, you put Rashford on the on the wing. I mean, our starting eleven for this season was Rashford on that left hand side and James on the right. If you do that and then you have Greenwood on the bench as an impact sub, you take Martial out of the game because he's injured or suspended or tired or whatever might happen because the season runs from August until May and he's not going to play every single match because he already hasn't. Um, what, what else do you do? You either put Greenwood up front and you start him against potentially big matches like Arsenal and, and all, those sorts of matches where is he ready, is he not? He's only 17, we don't know. Uh, of course, he did score a great goal against... Uh, uh, Astana and that was well earned and all that sort of stuff but I, I don't think you know we, we need another striker so um, yeah that's all the stuff I really want to talk about I know I've talked for for a bit here and uh, there's a lot of stuff I wanted to mention and everything but yeah Glazier's out I'm of course with the Glazier's out movement as it's, as it's called uh, but of course nothing is really happening uh, I mean we can tweak Glazier's out as much as we want we can use the hashtags we can do petitions or whatever is happening um in the Manchester United Club uh, forums or wherever you're going to see that chatter, but at the end of the day, if the Glazers don't sell the club, they don't sell the club, uh, and they will be left the ones in charge. So um, that's the main big thing that's really needed to happen at Manchester United for several years. Um, but I mean that that would be a, the day that we see in the news that the Glazers are selling the club and that they've not only not only selling the club, but somebody's actually come in and bought the club. Uh, that will be the day we can start getting back to, to potentially some of those glory days. Uh, where we're winning titles, we're not finishing thick, sixth, that sort of thing. So, uh, anyway, what do you think of, I guess... I mean, that was my thoughts really on the current state of Manchester United, really. Um, I do think that there's there's hope. We haven't lost hope yet. We're not, you know, we're not 20th, we're not set, we're not 18th or 19th or 17th. Uh, we are 8th, which isn't great. We should be doing better. We can do better. Uh, but we just have to wait and see if we actually will do better. Because we can. just depends if we will or not. Oh yeah. A point I completely forgot to make. Let's say Ole Gunnar Solskjaer does leave or get sacked. Or, or is no longer a Manchester United manager at some point in the future. Because of course we don't know what's going to happen. I, I was looking at... Would Roy Keane be a good Manchester United manager? I mean he got Sunderland promoted. Which is a different objective. Granted. Like you know different team. Different situation. Different league. Uh, granted it's still English football but it's a different league I just think he's got I mean because I've seen a few of the, the Sky Sports clips where he's talked about various different things from Pogba to Solskjaer to the team's performance and whatever because I think he's a Sky Sports pundit now along with you know Gary Neville, Jose Mourinho and or Jose Mourinho Jose? I think it's Jose Mourinho uh, and Carragher and whoever else is there I, I don't know there's something about Roy Keane that makes me think okay he'll go in that he'll be a bit ruthless because that's what Roy Keane is, but um, like let, let's say Solskjaer's plan doesn't work and he does get sacked. Unfortunately, if that does happen, would Roy Keane be a logical replacement? I mean, like it, it could get to the point where he's there for six months, he gets pissed off and just decides to leave because uh, in recent clips, obviously he's not happy with that Manchester United team. Understandably, is of course at the moment, but um, yeah, there's something about him where like obviously he knows the club. He was there in the club's most successful years, the treble years and all that sort of thing, the class of uh, 92 and all, all that sort of thing, uh, like like the, the Beckham, the Giggs era and all that all that sort of thing, obviously played under uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, 
regardless of whether or not he liked Alex Ferguson as a different topic, but uh, you know he he did play under Alex Ferguson, Manchester United's you know most successful time there. He knows the club, I'm assuming, inside and out, or or at least to to a good degree. Would he be a good choice? Some other people you could say, maybe someone like. Uh, this, this is a bit more of me throwing names out there, but people like Van der Sar, maybe Gary. I, I, I just think that there's there's a there's a lot of ex-Man United people at the moment who are voicing opinions about the club, and like, okay, what about if you put them people in charge? So people like Evra, Gary Neville, maybe, um, or just moving these people into coaching staff roles. A lot of people have talked about putting Edwin Edwin, uh, Edwin Van der Sar as the director of the club because apparently he's doing a really really good job at Ajax. Of course, they got to the Champions League final uh, last season, got knocked out by Tottenham, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I, there, there's certainly some options, and I I do think that there's hope and there's a future for Manchester United. So yeah, all right. I've talked at length today about uh, everything involving Manchester United. But what do you think? What do you think of the current situation of Manchester United? Um, what team would you put out? All, all that stuff. Let let me know your overall thoughts and feelings about Manchester United and the football club. What do you think needs to happen? What do you think the main problem is? Because there's multiple problems. But what is the main biggest problem for me? Again, it's the Glaziers. So. Uh, yeah, what do you think? Matthew at EntertainmentTool.org, Twitter, eTalk UK. There's the contact page and information in your show notes. Alright, there we go. Uh, Rochdale match will be tomorrow. I will be watching it. And then, of course, I'll be I'll be watching. I'll be watching as many of the main night games as possible unless something happens or whatever. Uh, like scheduling-wise, something conflicts. Because, like I said before, with the TV shows that we cover, they're usually on a particular day or a particular whatever. Man United games can be anywhere between Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or whatever. So, uh, and usually at vastly different times. So, because you can have a twelve forty-five kickoff or you can have a eight o'clock kickoff. So, we'll see. But yeah, I intend to watch the Rochdale match tomorrow, uh, and of course, I intend to watch the Arsenal match on Monday as well. So, we'll see how all that goes. Um, yeah, you can find all the rest of the content that we've got, of course, on EntertainmentTalk.org. If you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, we are on Patreon. We also have an Amazon affiliate link. We're also on iTunes. Please write, review, and subscribe to to us on there. Search for Entertainment Talk on podcast platforms and on Spotify as well. Uh, click the subscribe button and then tap on the star rating. That will help us out. Word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and your iTunes feeds. Uh, of course, social media, Facebook and Twitter. Share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter. And if you're allowed to, put them in different Facebook groups. Um, video games, if you want to watch us play different video games, me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer. Thanks for listening. Let's hope we can win some matches. I'll see you tomorrow for the Rochdale match, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>